All right, well, some of you was probably interrupted with some flowers. We hope it just blessed your little hearts. And uh, kids or something else. <laughs> they don't care what's happening, do they? They don't care what's going on, don't care what's taking place. He said, hey, where's your wife at? I said, she's right there. <laughs> He said, okay. <laughs> you got to love it. You got to love it. As much as I know this, this may not be every mother or every woman that is sitting in the house this morning or even every woman or mother that's watching live or maybe even down the road. I know that the word is for every one of them. Whether you're here or not, it's for you. Whether you're in this situation right now or not, this is for you. Whether you can identify with past experiences or not, this is for you. Um, this is something you can put in your pocketbook. How many women have a pocketbook? Somebody say amen. amen. They carry everything in it. Well, I, I, you got room for one more thing, and I'm getting ready to give it to you. You got room for one more thing, mm -hmm. and you can put this in your pocketbook. Because you need to know this. As a, as a, as a mother, as a soon-to-be mother, you, you need to know this. And, you know, whether or not I heard something the other day that they were they were really expressing the, the idea of whether or not you give birth to a child or whether you adopt a child, you know that you can still be a mother because you carry the attributes. God, God caused you to come into existence whether you're able to bore children or not, whether you have them or not, you have what it takes to be a mother because God created you. That's right. So I'm going to encourage you, if you don't have children, if you can't have children, whatever the case is, find one. That's right. be, be a mother That's right. to someone that needs it. Yeah. Because how many of you know there are children out there that are being raised by what they call parents. Well, never mind. Society needs godly men and women in the child's life. And this is what's wrong now because they don't have it. And we blame the kids. How many of you look at, come on, I've been there. Don't say you haven't. I've been there looking at kids and going, boy, quit blaming them. Blame the parents. Go talk to the parents. See, this is why we need men's groups. This is why we need women's groups. It ain't just for shooting and fishing. And loving every minute of it. This is to raise... The, the Bible actually says that the older women need to act like you got some sense. And nurture and raise the younger ones. Same thing with the men. Y'all ain't off the hook. It's just mama's day. I'm just going to get on the mamas. You ain't off the hook. Daddy's day is coming. 
Maybe Debbie will preach on Daddy's Day. See, she can go off on us. <laughs> but I, I want to encourage you, don't, don't think just because you haven't bore a child Man, can you, could you think just for a moment of how, how horrible it must have been for Sarah to want to have had a child and couldn't have a child? But her desire was so overwhelming, even in her laughter, the desire was still there to give birth. So... Um, be looking out for some children that you can influence, women. Be on the lookout for some children that you can influence, women. You don't talk to me this morning. I'm going to come and sit right beside you. You got your Bibles? Let's go to Luke. Tommy has put so much pressure on me about titles. I think I stress more about titles than I do the sermon. But he got one this morning. <laughs> well, you're ridiculous. He sees you, mama. That's the title this morning. He sees you, mama. You've got your Bibles. Let's go. Go to Luke chapter 13. We'll start at verse 10 and go through 16. And if you will just consider... A little bit of what will be taught this morning. I think it might just bless you. Now, he, being Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman. Now this is Luke. It's, I caught on to some of this this morning. This is, this is Luke writing the gospel. So this was, a, this was a man of God. Can you agree with that? This was a man of God. And, and even being a man of God, he is calling out someone based on who they are or what he sees them to be. Our perception of who people are sometimes influence how we treat them. Our perception of how we see people always influences how we treat them. And here is Luke, being even a man of God, he sees this woman in her infirmity and he even says, there was this woman. Watch how, watch how this changes. Somebody in here needs to know this. No matter where you are right now, God will see you differently. And that's what's taking place right here. What, in the same story, it just it flipped, just like this. It just flipped. Watch. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and was bent over and could not, or and could and could in no way. Raise herself up. That implies that she has tried. I don't know if I'll get to notes. Said in, and in no way could raise herself up. She has tried. 
Mama, you've tried. Oh, you may not be excelling the way everyone else thinks you need to be excelling, being a mother. But you have tried. And in no way can raise yourself up. See, y'all, do I have any perfect mothers in the house? Have you raised your children without fault? Have you raised your children without error? Well, let me ask you this. How many of you in here have been raised without fault and raised without error? Everybody, Everybody in here, you may not all be mothers, but everybody in here has a mother. That's the only way you got here. I mean, I don't know what school's teaching you right now, but get out of that school, go to another one. The only way you got here. None of us have been raised without fault. None of us have been raised perfect. But see, they tried. Y'all just give me a minute. I'm, I'm just trying to give you some little... Little taste, we'll get there. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. How dare he? And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath. He's telling, if you're sick, stay at home on Sunday. Well, it's Saturday, but nonetheless, we're not going to get into that debate. Then watch what Jesus did. The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite. <laughs> Boy, there's a bunch of offended people in church, isn't it? Because he didn't care. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman look at what just happened. Being a daughter of Abraham, she went from being a woman to becoming a daughter. Can I tell you, no matter the infirmity that you carry, and you're going to have to, you're going to, have to bear with me a little bit. If, you, if you'll allow me, I, I, want to put, I want to put this infirmity of this woman for 18 years, and, and I want to apply it to you on a personal level, because I believe one, if not all, women have carried something for so long that the weight of it has called them, caused them either to give up, move back, hide in the shadow, set off, feel awkward, not feel like they're apart. We're, we're talking about a woman now that you, 
My story, just ride with me. She's in the synagogue. I don't believe that this was her first visit. She's in the synagogue. She may have started on the front row, Lisa. And 18 years later, might be sitting in the back, Amanda. Oh, come on. Because what happens to us a lot of the times when we go, we go with the, with the expectation of something. Now, you've got to understand this infirmity. Let me, let me back up. Let's understand this infirmity. The way that some of the historians and, and everybody else put their, their higher minds than I, they say that it had some, there was a disease in the spine is what they're, they're accounting this to. And with this disease in the spine... Some of you that are doctors are studying to be. Y'all can help me. It says that it would start in the lower spine. And, and as, as the pain would increase, they would position themselves to find relief in the pain. And as they would position themselves differently or hunch over, that, that spine would begin to fuse itself together. So over time, you start this away, and you end this away. And your spine is now fused. Tell me how hard your life would be living in a position like this. I would say that putting your shoes on, that's difficult like that. Forget putting the shoes on. But I would say putting your shoes on, being bent over, would be a, a complicated chore like this. Not being able to straighten yourself up or putting your socks on or getting dressed or eating, feeding, cooking, cleaning. I would think that this infirmity over time would become such a nuisance. But the problem with it is, is that when we become, we become so tied and so, and so positioned in our infirmity. Or, okay, I need to get off the word infirmity for you so I can get you into the story. We, we, carry, we carry this burden of not being enough because we've been told that. We, we carry this burden of not being good enough because we've been told that. We, we, carry, we carry the burden of we'll never be perfect and we, we've got to live up to others' expectations and we have to do this and we have to do that because if I don't do this, I won't be a good mama. If I can't get this done, I won't be a good mama. If I do it this way, I won't be a good mama. Are you with me? And we carry this for so long that it causes us to actually live our lives. Oh, this is why it is so hard for some mamas. This is why it's so hard for some mamas. You, you show me an angry mother. And I will show you a woman that is carrying a burden of not being able to meet an expectation. And the weight that she has to carry that others lay on her back that she was never meant to carry. Let you show me a mother that is just angry and, and all about not wanting to do anything. I mean, you can look at the women that dress themselves as well. Some that just don't care. They never try. 
And it's because they've been carrying a weighted expectation that has caused them now to come this way. And it's easier to walk around in life with their head bowed and their back bent than it is to try to stand up and face adversity and be the woman of God that she was called and created to be. There are women out there that need the help of good, strong Christian mothers that will grab them by the hand, that will lead them down the road and tell them, yes, you are good enough. Yes, you are strong enough. And you may not be perfect, but you're trying. See, God already sees you as he's created you. And he's trying to get you to see that. But because of the weight of the world and its wickedness and everything inside of it, it causes the women to walk in this stature. And we want to know why our children are the way they are. It used to be, man, don't you mess with mama bear's cub, or you gonna get whopped. Now, if they would rather send them off and let somebody else deal with it. See, God sees you differently, mama. He, see, he knew that you started in the front row. And how he knows that you're sitting in the back row. But he sees you, mama. And see, he's seen her without anybody drawing attention to her. He's seen her while he, was, while he was teaching in the synagogue. He looked beyond all the other people that sat pretty and straight and found the one in the back and called her to see. Okay. Tuck the toes like this. It's coming. Here it comes. Many women will never change because they don't want to come out of where they are because they're comfortable. See, you can disagree with me. I mean, you, you, I'm not, that's, that's not scripture. I'm just, I'm just telling you about looking at people and watching people because we're, we're, we're creatures of habit. And if we can learn and if we can learn to adjust our lifestyle to meet the standard of being crippled or being, no. If we can manipulate our lifestyle to accept our bondage, we can still move. You can have a bad knee, a bad ankle, a bad back. Some part of your body can be, can be hurt in some form or fashion, and the rest of your body will manipulate itself to offset the pain. Some of us go to the doctor with back pain, and it had nothing to do with the back, it was her ankle. Come on. And see that, oh, there we go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Many of us are going, I'm, many of us, I'm trying to talk to women. But boy, this is hitting home to the daddies too. But many of us, we will go and ask for medication on a diagnosis that we put on ourselves, and wonder why the medicine isn't fixing it. Okay, 
Okay, come on. Big boy, big girl church. We'll go to church on Sunday because we've been taught and preached to that once we give our heart to Christ, then everything else goes away. And then when it doesn't happen, we get angry at the church. And we go, I've tried the Jesus thing. And we walk away. Come on, church. We, we put a diagnosis on ourselves, and we go, well, my life is messed up and everything. And, and I, preacher, I just don't know. And then you've got the preachers out there that won't tell you the truth because they don't want you to hurt the feelings. And they're scared that you won't come back if they tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth regardless if you come back or you don't. Because it's up to you then. You can't go and stand before God and say, well, the pastor never. Yes, I did. I told, remember, that was the day that you got mad at me. Because I told you. God is telling you, mama, that you need to come out from where you're at. He said, listen, you don't have to sit back there on the back row the rest of your life. You can move up front. You can come and stand and glory in the Father. But see, you want to sit where you are because the last time you tried, the problem is you've been experiencing religion and not the relationship. Because we put in systems. We put in systems on God. We put in systems on, on heaven. We put systems on kingdom. We put systems on Jesus. That's why Jesus messes with your mind. That's why he healed blind eyes three times, three different ways. So that way you couldn't put a system on it. Could you imagine what the church would be today if the only person's eyes that Jesus healed was the one that he spit in? Boy, this church would be jacked up. People be walking by each other spitting on them. You better make sure you anointed you spit on me because I'm going to stretch you out like a piece of tape. And we put, this, we put this thing on the church and now we think that just because that you come up and you get anointed... Because you get anointed with oil, you think you're supposed to walk away healed. Sweetheart, this has nothing to do with your healing. This is just an outward expression of what we believe that God's doing on the inside. That, that's all. He's anointed. Don't get off on a soapbox, Rocky. Stay on, stay on point. I'm just trying to help some mamas. Listen, you're not always going to be perfect. Listen, you're going to carry somebody. How many mothers in here has not? Okay, be honest too because you're in church. You better be. I don't need no people struck down by lightning because they're lying. Right? How many women in here that are mothers feel that they don't carry any weight as a mother? Let me ask it this way so, this, so that you understand. I don't want to word it wrong. How many, how many women in here feel now that they are carrying weight as a mother? Is it heavy? Miss mm -hmm. Linda, do you ever worry about your children? <laughs> All the time. You ever feel like it, you might not be feeding enough or feeding too much or not what daddy wants you to feed? Oh, I'm going to come after daddy too. 
Daddies, listen. You better let you better let that woman be a mother. Oh, I don't come on. Okay, let me just come. On. I'm gonna get in your business now. I'm gonna go, woman. All you gonna you gonna make that boy grow up be a sissy. Let a boy cry. Boys don't cry. Big boys don't cry. You better let that boy cry on his mama. See, when we shut our, our, our sons off, when we shut our sons off from their emotions, they are incapable. I'll use that word because it's strong. They are incapable of worshiping God. In the manner in which they were created. Our God's an emotional God. We're to worship Him with everything that we have. Our body, our mind, our spirit. We're to worship Him with everything. But if we take out something, this is why, man, this is why it's so good to have a have a woman leading praise and worship because women understand. Women understand love and emotion, and y'all not, y'all not scared to express it. Unless the men cause you to be scared to express it. Men, you better straighten up in your seat. You want to know why your wife ain't good to you? You want to know why your woman ain't the woman you thought you married? Because you probably ain't treating her that way. You don't let that woman be a woman. You're trying to change that woman to meet. You need to leave that woman alone and let that woman be a woman. Let her be the daughter she was raised to be. Let her be the mother that she was created to be. Let her become the wife that she was already seen by God to be. You better leave her alone and let her do her. But we want to halt a lot of that inside the home. And we take no consideration of the weight that we're bending our wives to. We're causing our wives to double over and to look to the ground. Oh, I hate it when a woman can't look me in the eye. Because when they can't, my first intuition is to go straight to the man that she's married to or a father figure that was over her, and he's abused her. Man, you, you better love your wife in such a manner she can look anybody in the eye. Because she knows she the queen. Well, she already knows she the queen. <laughs> but this is how we, listen, church, this is what's happened to motherhood. I'm just trying to be honest with you this morning. I'm trying to be sincere with you this morning. That a lot of women are walking doubled over feeling like they're not able to do what they've been called to do. And they have taken their self from the front row to the back row. They've shifted their self away from other people because of the weight of everybody's expectations. Mama, can I tell you something? He sees you. Amen. You don't have to keep walking around like that. He calls out to you quite frequently and says, come here. But you refuse to move. Well, if I do, then they're going to. You better leave them alone. I'm just telling you. You better break loose of them and get close to him. Because he's the only one that can fix it. 
She had been in this condition for 18 years, and I still don't believe that that was the first time in the synagogue. I just can't believe that was the first time in the synagogue. Anybody that has an ailment, anybody that's hurting, is looking for some kind of a relief somewhere. And in that day and time, that relief was supposed to have been inside of the synagogue. And men took over. Moved God out the picture. Men took over. She gets no experience. And she backs herself away. I wonder how many women are sitting here this morning. And be on, see, you've got to be honest with yourself. You don't have to be honest with me. You have to be honest with yourself. Because God can't fix anything that you won't just give to him. If you won't surrender to him, he cannot fix it. But how many women are sitting in here this morning that you feel as though you're sitting back in the shadow because of the weight of everything else on your life? You don't feel like that you can fulfill a purpose. You don't feel like you do it the right way. You don't feel like you do it on time. You don't feel like that you're good enough. Man, if I had to take a poll, and if the women would be honest, I bet you I could get 50-50. Because you, number one, your desire as a mother is to be the best mother that you could be. That's your desire. I'm not a woman, but I just have, I have to say the desire of the mother is to be the best mother she can be. That has to be her desire. But somebody is taking it away from her or somebody is causing her to be in bondage and not allowing her to be that one. She can't get off the couch and go grab the young the young lad, because he fell across the floor. She can't get up off the couch and run to her daughter's room because her daughter has, has experienced the world's grandest breakup because daddy's going, just leave him alone. Best thing happened to her. <laughs> I ain't like that boy no how. Right? See, y'all, has anybody in here experienced any of this? I'm telling, listen, right now, about 80% of what I said is what I've done. Chill out. It took a while. It took a while, Dawn, for me to step back and say, be the mama. They, they need you. They don't need me. Oh, man, that's hard, ain't it, when you have to say they need the woman more than they need me. That's hard, ain't it? We, we, won't, we won't surrender that because we the man. We go fix it. And you can't fix. Well, if you go try to fix your son and your daughter's emotions, you're going to fail miserably. Because you're not an emotional creature. She can identify. This is part of that prayer, I think. Father, break my heart for what breaks yours. And the women, their hearts break for what breaks their children. And a good wife, a good woman, a good mother is going to identify that with her husband. Mm -hmm. If she sees that her husband's hurting, she will hurt for you. Yeah. And if you've been good to her, all you have to do is just tell her somebody hurt your feelings. Mm -hmm. She gone. <laughs> Come here, boy. <laughs> you can't talk about my husband like that. Only I can do that. <laughs> 
Man, I ain't even got on my notes. But I want you to, are you identifying now? Do you understand what I'm saying? That a lot of the women, you're carrying things that's causing you to be less than. That's not your purpose. You're not less than. You're not. If your husband can't look at you and say, baby, you're beautiful. Well, are we still alive? Tommy, you'll have to bleat this one. Find you another one. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> See, hey, men, I'll talk, I'll, I'll say this live real quick. Men, if you deprive your wife of loving you and your children, she'll find somebody else to give it to. You don't like that one, did you? I'm, tell, I'm telling you the truth. They desire to be wanted. They desire to be appreciated. <laughs> what was that? I appreciate you. That's why I get up and go to work every morning. I'm just, see, the rest of these men can't say that because y'all ain't men yet. You're still a bunch of boys hiding behind your stuff. I told her that. Y'all don't want to agree because y'all scared y'all get smacked after church. I've already been smacked for 30 years. You're going to, uh, You're going to get out of the woman what you nurture. You want her to burn your biscuits? Be mean to her. You want good food, Mike? You better love that woman. No, I'm not telling nothing about opening the doors. Huh? Wash dishes. Yes. Oh, what? Woman, you crazy. Get a new dishwasher. See, you want her, you want her to feel appreciated, get her a new dishwasher. Look, y'all know I'm joking, don't you? Boy. The first, the first wife that calls me. Men, <laughs> this is kind of what I, what, I, what I felt that she may have even went through and that some of you are probably going through. You've kept something on you that you thought may have been a small thing in your life. I mean, just, just, a, just a small thing. Well, they didn't like hurt me. They just physically or they spiritually or they emotionally, whatever it was, they, they didn't really like break me. They just said this or they just done that. It was a small thing, but it hurt you. But you have found ways to medicate it and not remove the issue. See, you, you, found, you found ways to medicate the hurt of your father by turning to something else. Yeah, I'm coming. Whether it be drugs, alcohol, pornography, sex. I'm coming. Big boy, big girl church. Look, we, we got to stop dancing around the issues. We need to start identifying the issues and finding out what's wrong and what's going on so that we can get in the middle of this thing and help some people out. 
Just because somebody is doing something wrong, it does not mean that they're a bad person. It may be, it, it just might mean that they're trying to medicate some issues. And because you're so holy and righteous and above all else, you want to put, look down your nose at them because they're doing, and what are you doing? We all try to medicate something. And, and we think just because it was a small thing and we just tried to medicate it or suppress it. And well, Pastor, how do we? Some of you are medicating it in the dark. You're not working on getting rid of it, you're just hiding it. Oh, come on. That's 90% of our problems. We'll hide our problems before we'll fix them. Because you don't want somebody to look at you and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you've done that. Can I tell you that the first time that you consult with another brother or sister in Christ and they use that as ammunition against you, you rebuke them. Get them out of your life. If I can't come to you with a problem or an issue, and get you to help me, then what is all this about? See, we've got, this, we've got this false gospel that's being preached all across the country and worldwide. Oh, don't tell, don't be, don't tell everybody, don't be telling nobody, don't, don't tell... If you, if you tell them, I'm going to have to remove you from leadership. <laughs> Problem is, you and I should have consulted and I should have removed you from leadership while covering you, while you was restored. Come on. See, why don't y'all ever want none of this? You want the happy stuff. You want the flowers and the lilies and the roses from kids during worship. That just made your heart tickle, didn't it? But now preacher's trying to get serious. I'm just telling you, you you've got to stop sitting in the back. You've got to move to the front. And I'm not saying in church, don't be all twisted. Amanda, don't go home mad at me today. You, you've got, listen, you, you have to come out of your issue. You have to make a change somewhere in your life in order for God to restore you. He said, come up here, come here to me. And she came. Oh. <laughs> yeah, let's make the religious world mad. She didn't have to come up and say, I serve God. She didn't say any of that. She came to him and he said, woman, you're loose. Oh, the religious boy, they don't like that deal. Because they don't, a sinner getting healed? What? I don't know if she was or not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that a lot of us, instead of coming to Christ and asking for help, don't you know it's the goodness of God that draws men unto salvation? If you don't come to Christ looking for help when you are messed up, you'll never come to Christ looking to be cleaned up. 
you just won't. See, we think that the healing and all of that stuff, and I've told y'all a thousand times, that whatever gift you carry isn't for you. It's for everyone around you. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because if you can express God through your gift, that draws people to God. But if you go around being egotistical about it and thinking it's because of you, oh, you, you have to lay hands on people for them to, to fall out in the spirit, as they call it, fall out in the spirit, whatever. It's got to be that one to touch you? No. You might want to run from that one. But we've decided somehow along the way just to medicate the small things. And with time, the weight of it began to cause us to constantly look for relief in other ways. Yet we still don't remove the issues. You've carried that small thing and you've carried that small thing and it becomes weightier as time goes on. And you medicate it in every avenue that you can think of except the right way. You don't want to get rid of it. You don't, you don't want to just... <laughs> I'll be quiet. There's times in our life that we'll carry things that we can't control ourselves or we can't fix it without God. See, there are some, don't, don't you know that there are some things in your life that you can fix on your own? A lot of people, <laughs> ooh, well, the Holy Spirit's all up in somebody's soup kitchen. We, we think we think that everything that we do that's wrong, God has to supernaturally deliver us from it. I'm going to break your heart this morning. The Bible says that you serve the Lord with your mind. You have to make a decision in your own mind whether or not you're going to live where you're living. You made a decision to get dressed this morning, right? You made a decision to get in your car this morning and drive to church, right? You didn't have, did, how many of you stood out in front of your car this morning and prayed that God would put you in your car so you could go to church? Do you see how stupid that sounds? And that's what we're doing a lot of the times in our own faults, the things that we bring upon ourselves. And we want God to supernaturally deliver us from. What have you done to move out of bondage? Now, granted, there's going to be some things that you can't get out of yourself. I get that. But a lot of us will sit in our bondage for the rest of our life because we're waiting on God to deliver us from our own stupidity. It's supposed to be a mama day, man. I told y'all I can't wrap these sermons around mamas and daddy days. David said it like this in Psalms. He said, I am troubled, I am bowed down greatly, and I go mourning all the day. <laughs> but don't you know that by the Spirit of God you can be delivered from that? 
You, you can have your joy back, mama. You, you can get your strength back, mama. You, you can do better, mama. I promise you. I promise you. And don't, pastor, what is better? Don't look at what somebody else is doing and consider that to be your bar. I beat my children. That may not be for you. <laughs> Every once in a while, you got to make sure that the audience is still with you. And when you put yourself on the pedestal and humiliate yourself and people laugh, you know you still got them. Not everything that works for you works for somebody else. I can express to you what, what we've done in our marriage. I can tell you what we've done. But 99% of the people that we tell what we've done don't want to do it. Because we made a choice. <laughs> I made a choice not to turn out and be as my father had been all through my life. I made a choice. I made a decision. She made a decision. And then, because we may see, oh, you take a step, God will meet you. You keep sitting there waiting on him, you're liable to wait the rest of your life. You don't like to hear that either. See, there, man, I can just sit here, I'm just thinking of all these examples, man, they're just flooding my mind. With how Jesus is just going to walk past people and people start screaming at him to get his attention. They made a decision to move away from where they were. I can sit over here and just hope and pray to God that he's going to put something in my cup. Or I can say, Son of David! If I made you mad this morning... I've accomplished it. How do I finish this up for y'all? I've not even, I don't even know where to go. I got six pages of notes that I was joyfully ready to, to give to you, and I don't think I've even... You're good enough. Yep. You're strong enough. I'm just reaffirming this, reconfirming. You're the queen. <laughs> you are blessed. Yes, amen. You're favored of the Lord. Women, you need to know that even in the men's stubbornness and our ignorance and stupidity, stupidity more than ignorance, most of us know how to treat a woman. We just don't. Because we think that if we, oh, here we go. I'm, I'm going to get spanked hard for this one. Should I say <laughs> we, we think if we get caught opening up a door one time, we'll have to do it every time. Because then I've got to meet somebody's expectations that's watching me. Ain't that right, Sean? (laughs) 
and I probably should to keep you from breaking your nails. That way you would, or scratching my, scratching my truck. You're going to have the door opened every time. Scratching my truck. But mamas, he sees you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're so strong internally. Sometimes I wonder how women make it as far as they make it because they don't have the support group that would typically be the encouragement. But yet they are determined. Let me tell you about a God-fearing woman, and then I'm going to let you go. I'll tell you about a woman that loves God above and beyond more than anything that I think matters to her. I don't think there's anything else that she desires more. And that's my mother. She loves him so much that his love will come through her. Now, she's stern and 83 now, so she's a little stubborn. <laughs> Just a little. If you don't want to, if you don't want to hear the truth, do not talk to my mother. <laughs> she gonna tell. She gonna tell you the hard way. But you know, growing up, see, none of this stuff really. I never paid attention to it growing up. But now I can look back at it and go, my mom was going to do in spite of. We was going to have a gallon of milk and a pack of cookies every Friday, come hell or high water. Didn't matter. See, we, we wasn't brought up on money. See, y'all was like, what? Milk and cookies on a Friday? We, I love milk and cookies. Still do. The only difference now is she can't put a limit on my cookies. My mama say four is enough. And I wanted like four rows. I wait for her to turn her back and go back in, grab me two or three more and run outside and eat them in secret. Hopefully she don't watch us. But mothers will do some of the strangest things. And they do it out of their compassion for their children. They'll do stuff just out of the blue to make them smile, won't they? Or, or they'll do stuff out of the blue to get on your nerves, won't they? Come on, Sean, don't be scared. Just amen it, boy. Don't leave me hanging out here by myself. Day's mama day. What I want you to leave with this morning is to know that no matter where you failed, 
no matter what someone has said to you in the past that has caused you to have disbelief in who you are or who God says that you are, no matter what troubles and trials that you've had to walk through and go through and carry, He sees you. And if you'll take a step to come away from, listen, you, you can sit and, and man, how many of you, anybody ever had a pity party? Man, my room used to be full when I had pity parties. I'd load that thing up with pity party. But the longer you stay in that, the more you're keeping him out of the presence. He doesn't, he, the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. Stop murmuring and complaining about how much you lack or what you feel like you don't have or what you don't think that you can do and how much more you don't think you can handle. Would you stop? Be thankful to God that you've got, be thankful to God that you've got children like Tommy that will cause you to pray every day. Right? Keep... It keeps, it keeps the mothers close to Jesus, and that's what you want. You want a godly woman in the house, I'm just telling you. Because, man, when you get sideways and stupid, she go pray for you on the way out the door. Even after she made you lunch, when you made her mad, like, come on, anybody else got a woman like that? That's why I'm just trying to tell you, there are women out there that will serve to the utter ends of the earth, regardless of how ignorant you are. You can't make her mad enough for her to stop loving you. Sean, you can't hurt her enough to cause her to stop loving you. They'll do it, won't they? So don't be that one. I know it's weight, it's heavy. But that's, that's God's mantle on you. God will never put something on you that he first won't make a way out for you. See, y'all like it the other way. He won't put more on you and handle it. Yes, he will. You better read the rest of that scripture. You better read it all in context. He will put more on you than what you can handle. But he won't do it without first making a way out. You know his way out? It's him. It's him. Mama, is y'all okay? Man, you're the greatest. Amanda, you're the greatest. (laughs) To have to put up with Sean or Tommy, you're the greatest. (laughs) We're going to have prayer after church for Tommy. By Facebook, by YouTube. Y'all okay? Y'all right? I, I didn't give you none of the notes. Maybe I'll do it one day. You got like two or three lines out of that, I think. Hmm? We'll save that for next year. She said, I'll, let me put that up in the archive. Don't let this world put weight on you that you can't carry. Get rid of it. Don't you let people control your life. 
You be the mother. And if somebody gets in your way, stomp them like a little cockroach and go on. Hey, girl, y'all think I missed so much of it. I see it all. She just stomped you, didn't she, brother? It's all right. We got you. Got you covered. Take today and enjoy the day as a mother. They, Charlie, are you cooking for her? Uh, uh, <laughs> we're we're, we're going to be praying for Charlie after church. Okay, you can't do that today. <laughs> That's God's chicken, brother. You're going to have to do that on Monday. <laughs> Enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy your life as a mother. Don't think that you can't because you can. He give it to you. You can do it. You can do it. Right? Let's stand. Why didn't you get it, Rose? You got a flower? Oh, different flowers. I thought he singled you out and gave you one that was dying. But he wasn't. Let's do this. Tom.